Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so happy that you are here. So before we get started on today's episode, I would love if you all would do me a huge, huge favor. Wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, whether it's on your phone or your tablet or your computer, I would love for you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media. And number one, tag us here at A God Shift. And then if you would just give me your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this session, because the more people that hear this message, the more people have hope, the more people that will be able to realize that whatever it is that they are going through in their lives, that God is in control. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that they themselves can do without waiting solely on God to do everything. And so I ask everyone to share this just so that we can help as many people as possible. So thank you in advance for doing that. All right. Well, I am going to read my guest's bio. We've already had a great conversation in the green room, if you will. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I actually have been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time, but I had to cancel on him when he was scheduled a couple of months ago because I was sick. So I'm glad that we were able to make our our schedules sync together. So here we go. My guest today is a self-worth specialist, author of the new book, What is Enough? podcast host and founder of I Am The Possible, which is a self-development company built on the philosophy that I and my possibilities are one and the same. Everything I hope to be tomorrow, I already am today. With extreme passion and transparency, he has been captivating audiences for over 20 years. Through his thought-provoking yet highly applicable messages, he has become known as the voice they listen to. That's important. As a trusted communicator in both the business and faith-based community, he continues to present innovative ideas that spark the imagination and inspires audiences to see themselves in ways they've never imagined possible. I want to welcome to the show, Travail Lynch. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this moment and I'm just so blessed to, to be able to share with you and to be able um, to just experience this moment. So, so thank you so much. So, so happy to be here. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you. So I want to give a little bit of context for this conversation before we get into it, because this show is called A God Shift. And when people hear a God shift, they were like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so cool. But if we're being honest, nobody knows what the heck that is. (laughs) So my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose and moves you into a greater destiny. But in that, I think it's important that we recognize that God is not going to just do it all for us, that we have a role 
in God's will for our lives. And so this show is all about kingdom authority because it's my personal belief that in order to partner with God and get into the destiny that he has for us, we need to, number one, recognize that we have kingdom authority and we need to learn how to walk that kingdom authority out. So I want to start by sharing my definition of kingdom authority. I believe that kingdom authority is the believer's birthright to actually make scripture come alive in our lives because it tells us in the word that greater works than these shall you do in my name because I'm going with the father. So that means that there are things that are within our power and our control to make happen, not wait on God, not go to others for for prayer, but there's actually things that we are in control of. So Travail, I would love to hear what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Yes. Well, kingdom authority in in my world, I like to, you know, repeat the saying that I once heard that um, that there is one earth, but there are infinite worlds because our worlds are within. So it's really the lenses in which we look through. And when I hear that phrase, kingdom authority, um, for me, it is um, the kingship. Um, it is the ability for us to to walk as we've been created to walk, um, to express ourselves as we've been created to express ourselves, to live, to do, to have, to be the way that we were designed and created to. I believe that when we were, you know, when we were birthed into this world in the physical form, I don't think we were given one moment um of what you know what you would consider breathing room before the world swarmed on us and told us this is what you are this is what you have to be this is what you have to do this is where you have to go this is how it is for you this is how it is because you grew up here this is how it is and we were we were constantly bombarded and dictated to through society through culture on who we were to be and how we were to be and i think kingdom Kingdom authority says, no, I'm going to do it the way God said do it. I I, I know what y'all saying. Uh, I hear what y'all saying. But my father says, and it's the ability to walk in that despite what everyone else and everything else around you um, is trying to uh, force you to conform to. So that that was kind of my, my my image of it. So I, I love that. And I think it's so important because. I call it being shoulded on S H O U L D for the audience. You know, so often people tell us what we should do. You know, you should focus on your family before you go start that business. You should focus on your career before you have kids. And sometimes we should on ourselves, right? Absolutely. And very seldom do the people who tell us what we should do understand the vision that God has given us. And there's so many constraints, like you said, that the world places on us. We're led to believe that there's only one mold and that there's only one path to follow. And then we wonder, why is it that I feel unfulfilled in my life? And it's because we're trying to fit into what the world says we should do, who it is that they say we should be. And then we're not we're not being authentic, right? And so we're trying to shrink to fit to certain environments. We're trying to be bigger than who we really are to get into other environments. And then we wonder why we're sitting around going, what the hell is going on? Exactly. It's so crazy that we do that. But it starts it starts as a child. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to sit down and you have to be quiet. And if you're a girl, you have to act like this. And if you're a boy, you should act like that. And if you're a boy, you should not act like that. You know, it's just like, we're damned if we do, 
damned if we don't from toddlers. Exactly. <laughs> My God in heaven. Well, that's anyway. a great way to summarize it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. exactly what it is. So if you think about what you just described as your definition of kingdom authority, you know, we read in your bio that you have, you know, grown into an, a person, a, a person who has done amazing things in your life in both the faith-based realms and the business realms. So in keeping with the theme of what kingdom authority is that we are able to do, can you describe a time that you have ever had to actually exercise kingdom authority to get to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. Um, as soon as you said that, what what story comes to mind? And I have a million stories, um, but one, one, one particular uh, uh, story that comes to mind is I don't recall the exact year it was, but I was writing my first book and um, I was writing a book called The Corridor to Confidence. It was a step-by-step guide on teaching men how to pray because I understood that men should pray. Men probably wanted to pray, but men weren't very confident in prayer and how to execute on prayer. And so I was in the midst of writing this book and I had just gotten a job in corporate America. Now, a little bit about my background, no experience in corporate America, no education. I dropped out of college twice. Um, I had no expertise. I mean, like there was nothing about me that said corporate America, nothing. And so um, one of my mentors, who's still my mentor today, he got me into this big corporation, but I started off as a contract um, or a contracted employee. So you go for two years and then they, you know, and then they'll cut your contract or they'll renew it for another two years and they'll just keep it kind of going on that route. But they always reserve. We'll let you go whenever we feel like it. So I was in that tension of I have a family, a wife. I had maybe at that time I had three kids. I've got four now, but I had kids. I had a wife. I had a family to feed and I didn't want to continue being a contracted employee. And I remember starting to interview for full-time positions when they came up and interview after interview, after interview, after interview. No, 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 no. They would always give me the excuse of, or really probably the reason for um, not hiring me was you have no education. You have no background. We can't elevate you because you don't fit the mold, man. And so I remember. Yet yet I've been here doing well for two years. uh, No, four years, like four (laughs) killing it. For four I've years, for right? four years, killing it. Because I don't have a piece of paper, that piece of oh, right. paper oh, right. exactly. is more important than my proven track record here within your organization. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> right? Or and and that's why I say some of it was a little bit of this skin tone, but I don't, I, I don't play the black card. I, I, yeah. I don't like pulling a black card. But when you see it, you see it. I mean, when it's real, right. it's real. Okay. So going through interview, 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 disappointment after disappointment. I, I, after disappointment. And I remember sitting in the car um, for several weeks for lunch, instead of going to eat, instead of hanging out with the other employees, I would go to the car and I would just cry my eyes out. I would Mm. cry my eyes out because I knew I was killing it. I knew because I was a child of God, I was putting forth the best effort. I was far exceeding all of my counterparts, but because they had education or they were in the clique or they had it going on, or they knew somebody who knew somebody, they had all of these earthly and worldly advantages. And here I was this little child of God, balling my eyes out because I got a family on the line and I really need to make more money. And what am I to do? And I remember sitting in that car crying and saying, well, God, you said 
And I began to look at the scriptures that said, he'll order my steps. I began to look at the scriptures that said, he will bless me. He will make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He, my gift will make room for me. And early on in my Christian faith, in my Christian walk, one of my great mentors who passed away, he revealed to me my spiritual gift for the very first time. It was a miraculous story. That's a whole nother story. But he looked me in the eye and he said, Travail, you are a teacher. And then because I was a teacher by spirit, I began to use that 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 gifting in everything that I did. And so the work that I was doing for corporate, I was killing it because in my heart, I had a conviction. Teaching is what I do. Explaining things is what I do. Educating, transferring of information is what I do. No one can stop me. Nobody can tell me anything different. So I had this conviction like this is what I do. I'm better than all y'all, not as a person, but as a professional, you ain't on my level because God said, I am this. And I just began to exercise that authority to say, yo, man, listen. And I went to my boss and I said, here's the deal, man. I don't know what this whole process is, but these were my exact words. I, I called like a 15 minute meeting with my boss. I said, I need, and I will become a full-time employee. Here's what I'm going to need from you. You tell me what I need to do, but this has to happen. And he, he gave me a whole process. It, I mean, it took writing a resume, using keywords, doing this, working on this project, doing that project. Like you said earlier, it took some work for me to do. But it began by me saying, I'm done with sitting in the car, crying, throwing the pity party, mad at them, making excuses. I'm going to walk in there and use the authority because he said there's some life and some death that's up in this thing right here. And he yeah. said, man, I can speak and I can create and I can move some things. So I believe that that was the story that came to mind for me was I told my boss, I'm becoming a full time employee. And long story short, I guess not really short. I've already told the story now, but um, yeah, uh, I did what they said to do with no, you know, no education, no experience. Not only did I get a full-time contract, but in the last, from that, from that year on, because I was with corporate for four years, from that year on, year five, through the next seven years, I was promoted financially and by position every single year. I began to rise so high in corporate America that I literally had to tell them, stop promoting me. I'm not going to that next level because I got something greater out here that I need to do. Thank you for what I have up in here. But if I go to that level, you're going to want too much from me. Yeah. I'm, I'm on something greater. So this is where we're going to stop and I'm not going to go any higher. And so um, that that's the story that came that came to mind for me. That's good and good for you. And, you know, you mentioned the scripture, you know, the steps of a good man are ordered. But what I love that you did was you recognized that although my steps are ordered, mm -hmm. I have to move my feet. Oh, yeah. So often, you know, <laughs> I, I, think I posted on Facebook or Instagram or one of them about a year ago. Stop yeah. asking the Lord to order your steps if you're not going to move your feet. Mm -mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like, man, it makes sense. going to do it all for you. It's, it's, it's I do my part. You do your part. You can't do what I do, and I can't do what you have to do. This is a two-way street, right? It's like a, it's a marriage, right? Yes, yes. 
<laughs> Travail, what, what did you learn during that process? You're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, bro, you got to get it together. You sitting out here crying and that ain't doing nothing but getting your shirt wet. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go in here and I'm going to ask them, what is it that I need to do? And then I'm going to do it. What did you learn during this whole process? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. I just released a episode uh, on my podcast platform called Ask For It. First thing I learned was you get what you ask for. Now, I know that's super simple. Oh, I've been asking and I've been praying and begging God for doing X, Y, and Z, and he ain't did it yet. Not in that context, because some of us think that God, like you said, God's got to do everything for us. No, I know that if you ask, it will be given to you. It may not come in the form that you want it, but it definitely will be given to you. And then your part picks up. But the first thing I learned was you get what you ask for. So I simply asked him, what's the process? What is the process for me to go from where I am today to where I want to be? So in that context, it was going from contracted to being full time. What do I have to do? So number one, the, the lesson I learned is people will give you what you ask for. Most of us just don't ask. The second thing is, is that when you come from a position of, how should I say it, of what will be versus hoping, wishing, praying, you know, that kind of that, that mucky, there you go, that, uh, I I really want to be full time. Can I, but when I went in here, but, 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 but when I had that conversation and, um, it was with all due respect. I was, I was very respectful, but I told him, I looked him in the eye and I told him I'm going to become a full-time employee. I, I, I just need to know what to do. That was a different energy. That was a different spirit. That was a different approach. That was a different intention. And I believe that one thing I, I learned is that when you look at life, much of life is given to those who take it. Yeah. And if, if if you Christian out there and that, that kind of rubs you the wrong way, because we just want to pray, 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 pray. And then it just falls out the sky. But but the kingdom suffers violence. The violent take it by like we got to take the land. We got to take some stuff. Right. Like, don't get me preaching because I am an ordained minister. Don't 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 put me in a pulpit. But it's like, dude, you got to take some things we have to take. And you ask, but you ask in a way with some assurance and with some conviction that it is because you've already checked in with the father. If you check in with the father and the father is like, yep, that's yours. Then you don't need no other green light. It's a go. So ask for what you want and position the verbiage that you utilize from a place of what will be, what shall be decided on versus the maybes and the giving the authority over to those who you think have authority when truly he's the one with all of the authority. So before we go to break, I want to unpack something that you just hit on. You know, you were talking about like prayer and hope and some of the things that we're actually not using properly or we're not pairing the other things with them. You know what I mean? It's like you have to have prayer and action. You have to have hope and, you know, confession of your mouth, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I believe that I want us to talk about confirmation for a minute. Mm-hmm. And when you were, <clears throat> excuse me, when you were having, when you were making those statements about, you know, we pray and we hope and we do all these things that are important, but it's only a piece of the puzzle. 
it made me think about confirmation. You know, you said, if God says it, then go take it. If God says it, no, you can have it. If God says it, go do it. He says it, but then yet we look for additional confirmation. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I'm not aware of many places in the Bible where God told someone to do something. And then he told them to wait for me to confirm it in a different way before you go do it. Tell me what your thoughts are on how confirmation fits into us moving in the steps that God has ordered. Mm, that is so true. Wow. that That's a whole show to itself. I mean, we could, we could unpack <laughs> that. We can unpack that for years because I know I fell into that trap. Um, and we talked about the formative years and the young years when we were first born and how life and the culture conditions us. The culture really does condition us to have great faith in people. And because of the hierarchies that are created, even within the American culture, not just the, the countries that literally have kings and queens still in place, but even in our American culture, we have the kings uh, you know, in terms of the celebrities and and people in you know politics and whatnot. So there's this hierarchy that conditions us to think that we need other people's opinion, authority, yes, their green light. It like it literally does condition you from a little person, right? Um, to look up to and say, mommy, can I, daddy, can I, teacher, can I, uh, so-and-so can I. And, and, and I think that that just continues on. And even when we get into a relationship with God, you know, we're like born again into this. So it's a relearning of how to walk in a kingdom and live by a kingdom and a kingship, uh, while still trying to unlearn all the things that we were, uh, you know, brought up in and raised in. So it is this learning of kingdom while unlearning of American culture. And so I think that, cause I found myself in that a lot, Lord, can I, can I, can I, yep, you can. Okay. Uh, let me run this by my wife. Ooh, if she don't say it just the way I need her to say it, maybe I got to go back to God. God, can I, can I, can I, yes, you can. Okay. Well, let me run this by my pastor. Cause Oh, but he didn't say yes. He had a little doubt. So maybe I need to go back to God. We all play that game. We all play that game. I've played that game. Let me be the first to raise my hand. But I think that's the root of it. We have been conditioned since birth to get the approval of other people, not only for the green light to go forward, but also when it comes to what I specialize in feeling good about ourselves and seeing our own value. We look for other people's approval uh, in order for us to then move forward. So I think it's just a case of a lot of conditioning and uh, just, we have to just, we, we really have to dedicate ourselves consciously to unlearning that mess um, and really learning the way that, you know, the way that God's kingdom operates. You know, there's things that bother me at a greater level than others. But I think yeah. this confirmation thing is one of the things that irks my everlasting nerve because yeah. I it's comical to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to use a couple of a couple of simple examples. Yeah. We pray and we say, "Lord, I need more money. Please show me how to make more money." Mm-hmm. And then someone comes into your life and they have a way for you to make more money. And you're like, I need to pray about it. Could it be that when you prayed to God and asked him for more money, 
that this person now being presented in your life with an opportunity of how you can legally make more money, could that not be the answer to the prayer? So now you're going to go back and pray again about the answer that he sent you? Like it, it blows, it, it blows my mind. And I believe you said doubt. And I believe, you know, most of us who are believers, we don't necessarily doubt that God is, God is able and, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think most of us are going to follow a God that we, that we doubt that he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think we doubt ourselves. And I believe that, you know, going back to this, this thing about prayer being passive, I think prayer is a lot of times just a form of procrastination. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, show me how to make more money. This person comes along like, listen, Travail, um, I have an opportunity that I want to share with you. Um, you know, it's vetted. I, you know, I've vetted it. I've been doing it for a year and a half myself. It's easy. It's not going to take a lot of time away from what it is that you're doing. Here it is. Here's how it's, here's how it works mm-hmm. and not give me a minute to just, you know, review the information or whatever, but it, it just, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because uh-huh. I'm like, I'll be on it all day. But I, what I, I want the <laughs> audience to take away from this is, is that when you ask God for something, look with a sharper lens of the things that happen around you in the time after that prayer. Mm. And when what I, I said something on my social media yesterday or day before I did a reel on Instagram and I said, how do you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? And I said, well, you can do that through prayer and communing, you know, <clears throat> you can spend time in his word and in prayer. But then I went on to say, sometimes you don't have to know because when you've prayed for a thing and you're <laughs> believing for God to do a thing, and then you're starting to hear messages and see signs that are in alignment with that and with his word, let that be enough to at least move forward and recognize that God is the greatest GPS. And that if you go left and you were supposed to go right, he'll just reroute you. But instead of just sitting, oh, I don't know if it's the voice of the Lord or if it's my own. If it's not contrary to his word, just move forward. So simple. So simple. I don't know how I got on this, but let me get off of it. We're going to take a quick break. Somebody needed it. And when we come back, we're going to share with the listeners some tips and strategies that they can use to move into kingdom authority for themselves. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside that guide, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. Yeah, it's easy for us preachers to get on our soapboxes, especially about the things that vex our spirit and uh-huh. Yes. Right. <laughs> Somebody needed so, to hear. I love I love what we have talked about so far. But for the second half of the show, I really want us to give some tangible nuggets that people can say, OK, I heard this on a Wednesday and on Friday. I know that I can look back at my day and say I did exactly what it was that they said I should do and how I should. Do it. Because I believe. And we can talk about preachers because we're ones ourselves. But I believe that many preachers fail us because they talk in all these ambiguous terms and they tell us to get in his presence and they tell us to surrender and they tell us to do all of these things. 
that they don't tell us how to do it. So they preach us happy during the service. They tell us that everything we desire is on the other side of surrender. They tell us all you got to do is walk with God. But then when we go home, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to walk with God. And then hell bust our lives wide open on Wednesday. And we're looking back at our notes like, okay, I need to surrender. Well, dang, he didn't tell me how to do that. Oh, I need to get in his presence. Oh, he didn't tell me how to do that. So not on my watch, not on my dime. Come Here on. at a Godship, we share how to. Yes. So if someone is listening to this episode, Travail, and they're like, oh, wow, I love how Travail was able to operate in his kingdom authority and take control of this career. I love, you know, <clears throat> that Shana has mastered, you know, kingdom authority and is writing a book on it. But I myself, and still struggling to figure out how can I use kingdom authority in my life to shift it to a better place? What would be your best tip of how they do that? Ah, even as you were speaking, uh, what, what, what I rose up in my heart was observation, observation. If you're listening, write that down. Don't overlook the power of observation and the way that you can put observation to practical or, or put it in a, in a practical context and how you can practice it and why it's so important. Um, one, one thing, and maybe if you're you know like me, you, you like to put things into kind of like little phrases or little catchphrases so that you can just remember it. Um, I mentor a lot of young men. And one of the things that I always tell my young brothers is get to God before the world gets to you. Get to God before the world gets to you. My mentor, um, he's from uh, uh, Japan, and he taught me the power of contemplation, stillness, meditation, um, a lot of the Eastern culture. And it was so profound and so life-changing that I've integrated it into my everyday life. Um, observation is getting to God before the world gets to you. It is a daily, bi-daily bi-weekly, bi-monthly, however you want to name it and frame it. But it is time that you are spending observing the practical um, the practical insights of God's word. So for example, uh, you you would get up in the morning and you would you would have your normal prayer. Lord, I want to surrender. Okay, I, Lord, I want to surrender. If that's something that you want to do, how do you do that on a practical level? Well, to surrender means to take my hands off of something. Surrender means to let go of something. Surrender means to like, if I was arrested, they say, put your hands up. Surrender means to not try to do it myself. And so you identify the area of your life that you want to surrender to God. And then you use a practical step of how do I execute on that normally? Right. I love using Webster's Dictionary. I just look up the word and I literally just go by what the word says. Oh, that's the definition of it. So I, I just literally ask God, how do I apply that in a very practical way? And so when you can just take time to observe your thoughts, observe your actions, observe what God is saying um, and getting to him before everyone else bombards you, text messages, emails, going into work cutting on the television, if you have a spouse, before they start talking to your kids, before they start talking to you, carving out time in the morning to just sit back and say, these are the things that I want to do. And how would I normally, practically, logically go about doing them? 
the last thing I'll share on, on that is one of my mentors um, in business, uh, whenever I'm confused and scattered brain and I get all worked up because something's not going the way that I want it, want it to go concerning my business, he always says, Travell, take a step back, ask yourself this question. What's the most logical next step? Mm-hmm. Just what's the most logical? Doesn't have to make a lot of sense. It's just I'm in point A and I want to get to point B. What's the most logical step? Whatever that logical step is, you just do that. And so um, that, that, that for me has been something that I've practiced and that has gotten me extremely far in business, in, in, uh, on my job, taking away all the spooky up in the clouds, super spiritual, overwhelming, confusing, mind cluttering um, you know, stuff <laughs> and just saying on a very practical level, how would I apply this if I was doing anything else? And you just apply that to whatever spiritual context um, that you're looking to grow in. I love that because I believe that for every spiritual principle that there's a practical parallel. And I love that you said logical next step. Worry about what you need to do next and then next and then next, not a month from now, right? Like so often we're worried about what's on the third floor and we haven't even gotten to the second. And you can't get to the third floor unless you know something I don't. You can't get to the third floor unless you get to the second floor. <laughs> and so focus on, I, I when I was uh, coaching business owners, I used to tell them, I said, I want you to act as though you do not know how to count past the day 90, because I mm. don't want you focused on anything that is beyond the next 90 days. And then when you get to 90, you don't know how to count. So start back over at one. Not that we don't have an idea of what is going to be out. And I think we, we do that. Uh, we do danger of this, even in relationships. Where do you see yourselves in five years? I don't know that I'm going to want to talk to you again after this dinner, let there alone. I mean, like, what are we doing? You know what I I'm know. saying? Correct. And so when we think about our lives, I think sometimes we can be so caught up on what we know or what we don't know about what this, what's in the future that we miss what is right in front of us. And oftentimes what we do next is going to affect what we do five steps from now. Yes. You know, the factors in, in contributing things that come up in the next step are going to make all the difference in the world. So you're so focused on step number five, and now you're putting all these things together for step number five, only to get to step number five and realize step number five really wasn't what I thought it would be. No, no. That's so true. So why do I say that? I say that mm-hmm. to say, remember Psalm 119, 105. The word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, not into the distance. Stop worrying about what's in the distance and focus on what is directly in the path in front of you, because that's really the only thing that you can know for sure. It's almost like in sales. The only thing you can really script out is your beginning. You don't know what the person is going to say after you say what you say first. So just trying to script out your entire sales conversation outside of having a loose framework is going to just be a waste of time. So do those things in your spiritual life is what Travail is saying, Mm -hmm. just like you would in your practical life. It is absolutely no different. So Travail, before we tell the audience how they can find you and how they can go further with you and figuring out what's possible, is there (laughs) anything that you would like to leave with our audience? Any information, advice, whatever, last words? Yeah, sure. Um, I live by a philosophy and I've built everything that I've built by a single philosophy. Um, and that is that the greatest form of self-development is self-discovery. 
the greatest form of self-development is self-discovery. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you're looking to develop towards something. You're looking to build a business, start a ministry, join a new club, go to a new college, get a degree, get into a new relationship. All of that is a form of development. It's all, it, it's, it's all a form of advancement and moving forward. And what I've discovered is that the more that we discover about ourselves, the better equipped we are to have the confidence to move forward because God has designed, he has deposited within us from birth, from conception, everything within that we will ever need to construct the world without. It's already there. Most yeah. people won't ob- won't take time to observe. They won't take time to go deep. They won't take time to just self-study emotions and mental frameworks and ideas and thoughts and all of these things that are just right here within us. Um, those things will get you everywhere that you want to go. So learn more about you. I know in our culture, we have been taught to learn about everybody else first. We learned about everybody else. Christopher Columbus did X, Y, and Z, and President so-and-so did X, Y, and Z. And, and you better learn this and read that book and take this test and get an A on that test because you're all about someone else's life. And then we graduate and they say, go out into this big, crazy, confused, mixed up world and succeed. But you haven't learned you yet. So, good. so the greatest form of self-development is self-discovery. That's so good. So Travail's brand is all about recognizing that, you know, we're, we're told all things are possible, um, you know, through God and they are. But I believe that everything we need is everything we have um, that on. we already have. And I believe that that is in alignment with your brand. And yes. so how can people um, follow you on social media? Yes, I am the possible. Made it super simple for everybody. If you type that into Google, you got it. You're done. I am the possible. Now, let me let me let me say something. Don't type in I am possible. That's BMW. That's uh some sp- that's a personal trainer stuff. I mean, I've I, listen, I've tested it and people have made up all types of stuff with I am possible. That's great. You are. You are possible. But I but 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 for me, I am the possible. If you type that into Google, you got it, man. You will tap into everything within this, what I call the I am the possible universe. Perfect. And is there anything that you would like to offer our listeners if they would like to take things further with you to figure out how they can be the possible? Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to give away uh, my free, um, uh, what is my worth um, self-discovery masterclass? What is my worth Self-discovery masterclass. I believe so many people are asking the question, whether they can articulate it or not with their words, it is still the cry of the human heart. I call it the hunger of the human heart. What is my worth? What is my value? Where is my significance? Do I really matter? Do I really make a difference? Is my life really important? Does God really love me? Do I really have a purpose? Do I really have something to offer? If that's you, if that's where you are, whether you can articulate it with your words or if you just feel within that you just don't really feel like you fit into this puzzle called life, then um, that that masterclass will definitely, 
definitely equip you with everything you need to know and um, everything about you that you need to discover that will help you solidify. Know without a shadow of a doubt, you will be confident. You will be convicted. You will be so clear about your value and your worth in this world. I promise you. So that's that's really what I want to give away. I love that. And that is the foundation. So what I'm going to say is audience, if you've asked yourself, if you've asked the Lord recently, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Get this, get, go through this masterclass because this, this is the foundation. We ask ourselves all the time, what am I supposed to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? But, you know, I, I was, I, I was, I was reminded this weekend, I was at a ministry trip and I was reminded that the Lord is not going to take you anywhere that your character can't keep you. And so we have to focus on who it is that we need to become for the next season of our lives. And if you don't have the answers to who you are and why you're here and all the things that Travail just said, it really doesn't matter what it is that you're supposed to do because you're, A, you're not going to attract it to you. And number two, even if you did, you would fail. So I know that sounds harsh and that sounds blunt, but get through the doggone masterclass so you can fix your life. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and so true. I will make sure that the link to that is in the show notes. I will make sure the link to his social media is in the show notes as well. So Travail, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your nuggets with a Godship audience. And audience, thank you again for being here. I pray that this episode has blessed you as much as it has me. And I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.